it's the 1st of January 2022, the first day of this new year. And so we've begun this new year through building goodness. And we can create this goodness through our body, through our speech, through our minds. And as Buddhists, this is what we do. We cultivate this goodness out of the respect that we have for the Lord Buddha, who's the founder of this religion. And so he taught us uh, to create goodness through our acts of generosity. And this is the starting point. And it's natural that when we seek out wealth in this world, and then we get that, that we attach to it. That's just something normal. But the Buddha saw that if there's too much attachment, if we have excessive greed in our hearts, then this will make the heart chaotic, really stir it up, and it won't be in a state of peace. And so we find various possessions and wealth in this world, and we consider it to be ours. But really, all of the wealth of this world belongs to the world. It doesn't belong to anyone else. But it's our minds that attaches to it and gives it this label of ours, our possessions. And we can use it to some degree when we stay in this world, but we're not able to take it beyond this world. And what's more, we waste our time in this world seeking all of it out. And so the Buddha taught us to have a sense of enoughness, to have a sense of balance and know how to sacrifice, know how to share the wealth that we gain. And to use this wealth with wisdom. And so we keep a portion for times of illness. And then we give a portion to relatives, to our parents, to our children, uh, husband or wife, uh, grandchildren, and to our friends. And then we keep um, some spare as well for investments for the future. So if we gain wealth and we're overly stingy, then we won't have happiness. But also if we use it in a way that's uh, too and are frivolous, or we spend it too much, then that's also not right. And we run out of money. And so we need to know how to create goodness as well. We need to do that with wisdom. And so like Lady Visaka, uh, she said that her father-in-law was just eating old food. And what she meant when she said that was that he was consuming the old merit that he had created. And so she said this, and uh, there was this kind of accusation against her father-in-law. But what she said was correct. And so his father-in-law was a very wealthy man. And, and uh, he eventually saw uh, the wisdom of Lady Visaka and considered her to be uh, her mother, his mother in the Dhamma. 
So sacrifice, it's a sense of sacrifice, it's really the best thing. And so we develop this initially through dana, through our generosity. But then when we get to the level of zila, of virtue, it's more difficult to find people who can do this. But these qualities of dana and sila, they form an important energy, a power, uh, that we can use to understand the Dhamma. Some people have a lot of faith in creating merit through generosity. And uh, you can see that this is something that they've created in the past. This is an old habit or a disposition that they've created from the past, that they're able to do it and have this faith in it in this life. But those people who are really sincere in uh, gathering together their acts of body and speech within the bounds of virtue, um, these people are far less numerous. So the benefits that generosity and virtue give us is a happiness of heart, a heart that's full of joy. And these uh, qualities and this joy that we gain from them, um, they become the means uh, to, that nourish our hearts, they give our hearts brightness. And when we think about the good things that we've done frequently, then our hearts do become bright and happy. We can use this as a meditation object. But those people who have an interest in cultivating meditation and bringing the mind to the breath, for instance, and keeping it there with mindfulness, it's even less numerous. Those really sincere in meditating. And for those who can do that, who have that sincerity, it shows that they've developed a lot of this barami before in the past. And that in this life, that they have this sincerity. And so we should set our hearts that in this life, during this year, we should be sincere on meditating even more. And finding inner wealth. And bringing our hearts to peace. Because when they can reach a state of peace, then they fill up with happiness, with joy. And then we see for ourselves the benefits of this meditation practice. So Yasa, during the time of the Buddha, he had trained his mind well. He already was very generous, was very virtuous. And that's why he could be born into a very wealthy family in Varanasi. And his mind was also very well collected, very firm, into samadhi, even could get into jhana. And his barami was full already. And so he met with Lord Buddha and listened to uh, a teaching. And then through that he was able to realize stream entry and eventually he could realize arahantship. So for us we should too set our hearts on training our minds. And we can use mindfulness over the breath. Or we can uh, develop wisdom and use wisdom to contemplate. But whatever means we use to meditate, we should train ourselves in that a lot. And really be firm, sincere, that in this year, we're going to use this year to cultivate goodness. And to bring about a sense of inner ease, inner happiness, coolness in the hearts.
And so how do we bring that about? Well, anything that's hot, that's aggravating, we don't do that, we give it up. And so, papa, uh, evil or bad karma, these are hot things. So therefore we should abandon them. And then when we've abandoned them, then the heart just becomes cool. So when we develop generosity and we develop sila, virtue, then this means that we have abandoned a lot of this bhapa, this inner heat, a lot of greed already. And we've cultivated a lot of merit as well. So when we're generous and we're virtuous, then the heart abides in a cool space. And so after the monks give the precepts, they say, that one of the benefits of virtue is happiness. Is this heaven in the heart, a sense of inner coolness. But if we don't have virtue, then it's very easy for heat to arise, for the heart to get aggravated. And so we should uh, try to bring about the sense of coolness. You see how some people, when they celebrate the new year, um, they may do that with alcohol, for example, drinking a lot. There may be even be weapons around. And perhaps they don't use those weapons to harm people, but it's still against the law to own them. And uh, so they can get into trouble just through having them around. And they're also of great danger to other people as well. So if we don't know how to live our lives well, then there won't be a sense of coolness in our lives. But if we know how to live well, what that means is that we know how to live with generosity and with virtue. And for us, we've celebrated the new year with chanting and with meditation. And perhaps there's been some amusements as well. Um, and that's just normal. As we've been working through the year, and be quite tired. But we also haven't given up this practice of cultivating goodness through our chanting, through our meditation. And when we do these things, then this inner happiness arises. So when there's happiness there, then there's a sense of uh, freshness within the heart. But it's something that we do need to cultivate, we do need to practice. Because if we don't practice, then there just won't be much happiness within our minds. And that's because the defilements are constantly pushing up, um, causing things to happen within the heart, they're conditioning the mind. And this makes the mind all stirred up and aggravated, and makes it chaotic. But if we can bring the mind to stillness, then it starts proliferating, and then it settles into peace. You can do this through watching the in-breath and the out-breath, for example, and then joy arises within the mind. And then this develops into wisdom. And then when we have wisdom, then we're able to abide the sense of coolness and happiness through that wisdom that we've cultivated. And then when we look, and then we may see all things as just being an illusion. And we can train ourselves to perceive things in this light. That all the things we've known, all the things that we see, 
through our eyes or we um, experience uh, through our ears, our nose, our tongue, our body, that these are just illusionary things. But normally people view the things as belonging to us, as our possessions. Whatever material things there are, we take ownership over those. And if we look in terms of science, then we can see how the world's gravity is constantly pulling things in towards the world. We have a house and cars and various things. But the reason we're able to have those is because there's that gravity there pulling it down. But what about if there wasn't that? If we really, these things really did belong to us and um, they didn't belong to the world in any way, then the gravity wouldn't have any sway over them and they'd be floating around. Even these bodies of us that we depend upon, our bodies, the bodies of animals, and all the things, all the material things, they'd just be floating. But it's due to the gravity of the world that it can pull these things in towards it, all the material things, all uh, the bodies that we take to be ours. But still we gain the understanding that these things belong to us. We view them as being mine. But these bodies, they depend upon a constant flow of breath. And if we're lacking just that, if we're lacking just breath, air, and then all the things that we have start to evaporate, they start to fade away. So this is something that we should think about, something that we should reflect upon. What things truly are me? What things really are mine? So when we train ourselves in mindfulness over the breath, um, then that brings the four foundations of mindfulness to a state of completion. And when that becomes complete, and then the seven factors for awakening, the bojangas, they develop, become better and better. And this process is something that happens by itself. We don't need to think, well, what's it going to be like? How's it going to be? And we should train without doubts in our mind. Really, we're like children studying at school. You first start off in kindergarten, and they just do that. They just practice on the level of kindergarten. They study at kindergarten. And then eventually they make it to primary school. But then they just study in primary school. They just do that. And eventually to high school. But in whatever level, they just set their hearts on studying to that level. And slowly but surely they gain knowledge and then increases until they go into tertiary education and they can graduate uh, to the highest level. And so this is how things progress. So when we train ourselves to be mindful of the breath, then we should, then we gain knowledge of these things and that just happens by itself. And uh, when the seven factors for awakening come up, and this just happens by itself until eventually they reach a state of completion. And in the end, then we know and see the Dhamma. So may you be sincere in this way during this year, and so that you can experience this happiness, this coolness, 
through generosity, through virtue, and through mental cultivation. And all of us are very fortunate in that we know this path, we've come to meet with this path that truly does lead to happiness and coolness. And if we didn't know about that, then we'd be just trying to find our happiness through the things of this world, because we don't know where else to find them. And we may get a lot of things, maybe too many things, and we just waste our time in that way. And in the end, we have to leave everything behind in this world. And so it's better for us to seek out internal wealth. And may all of you set your hearts on that. <laughs>